Hello and welcome to Magic Mics. We've been ringing that gong with our heads since the beginning of time. This is episode 12, Smallfoot, from 2018. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. So come to San Diego and tell me this is funny. It's time for Magic Mics. So that is... Who? <laughs> I wonder if anybody's going to think that's funny except for us. But, no. you know, that's... The, we're doing this for us. You know, we're not doing it for the world. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we're so. back for, like, a first time in a while, huh? We're back, and uh, three months ago we said we were going to be here to talk about public enemies. That's a lie. We are here to talk about small it's, it's, a, it's like a fib. It's not, like, a lie. It's a fib. Also, in case you listen to Boyfriend Material as well, back in October we said we were going to be do- talking about Drive, but instead we're going to be talking about First Man. So, two little audibles, two little mix-ups, two little change-ups for you. Uh, going modern, going current for both these movies, for both these podcasts. Yeah. But here we are to talk about Smallfoot, and I don't know, before we get into our intro stuff, actually no, I'm going to save that for a little bit later, but welcome back to Magic Mike's show. Welcome back to Magic Mike's, brother. We have not been here in a while, but yeah. it, it's, it was it was weird. We, we, we were talking about how how weird it was to watch a movie where Channing Tatum is the star and in so much of it. He is the star, and he is in, a, in so much of it, but I had forgotten how we had to, for at least for Zack Attack, we had to deal with um, the Lorax. That was what I was just about to say, that this reminded me more of a Zack Attack movie than it did of Magic Mike's movie, because... This reminded me so much of the Lorax. It also, I don't know if you noticed her voice when she was in this, but the girl in that he goes down, he descends to, is Zendaya. And so I was like, oh, Wait, a little what? bit of a great showman connection there, a little Zeph connection there. Wait, who? The 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 like the British guy's friend or the other No, no, no. The the, the girl Yeti. Oh, the girl Yeti is Zendaya? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, I totally... I, I even looked up their voices, because I was trying to see who was who. Yeah, the girl Yeti is Zendaya, and the, her big, furry, fuzzy friend or whatever is LeBron. Yes, I did see LeBron was right. in it, yeah. But before we get into Smallfoot and talk about how it is sort of a secret Zack Attack movie... Also, I think we've talked about on maybe on Too Fast, Too Forever, but we have no new Zack Efron movies in 2018. Yeah, we are now in sad. 2019. Uh, we're going to have at least two this year, though, I know. We're going to have The Beach Bum, which is going to come out soon. Which and we're also awesome. going to have yeah. Shockingly Evil, whatever the Ted Bundy one is. Yes. So, yeah. exciting for that. But I was just, you know, I, I was missing Zeph. And if this is the Chan movie that came out, it's not really a, an acting movie, you know? It's a little bit different than what we traditionally consider, like, you know, a new movie. At least for me. Like, I, I think that the voice acting ones kind of are... are, are almost separate, you know? Like, they kind of stand yeah. on their own. It looks like the only Channing movie coming out next year is going to be the Lego Movie 2, the second part, where he once again returns as a voice of Superman. Yeah, so another voice acting movie. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's got Gambit coming out in 2020, the Marvel movie. He's going to be George Washington, the voice of George Washington in America, the motion picture. That's cool. And then he's rumored to play Van Helsing in a new Van Helsing movie. Damn. And he's announced in a movie called Wingmen, directed by, oh shit, directed by Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Damn. Plot kept under wraps, described as an R-rated musical comedy about the misadventures of two pilots. I, I really hope that it's just that awkward moment, but with Channing and <laughs> JGL. Maybe. <laughs> Co-written and directed by JGL, starring JGL and Channing Tatum, so very, very cool. But before we get into this, we have to open up the mailbag. We have an email address here on the show. Magic Mikes at cageclub.me. Magic M I C S at cageclub.me. Let us see who has been writing in. Joey, we have three emails today. It's, it's more than I expected, to be honest. Number one from superfan Jenny McMullen. Shout out Jenny. Hello, Jenny. Hello, Thank Jenny. you for writing in, Jenny. Subject line reduced frequency. She sent this way back in October, on October 12th. Okay. Uh, the day after our fighting episode came out. Okay. She writes Hi, guys. I'm only halfway through the most recent Magic Mics, but wanted to send this before I forget. I still listen to all four of your podcasts, but my commute is 45 minutes each way, so it takes a round-trip commute, usually, to listen to one podcast. We do tend to uh, rattle on and on and yeah, on. We and ramble. On, so. We're ramblers. Yeah. I'm only halfway through the latest Gauze cast, and 30 minutes into the last Fast cast. I don't really prioritize which ones I listen to first, but it will be a relief to have more time in between episodes. I do think it is kind of funny that the podcast for... Movies you have already seen, meaning uh, Too Fast, Too Forever, is taking up the spotlight away from movies you haven't seen. Now that I've sent an email, I will be even more eagerly awaiting the next episode in January. Keep up the good work, superfan Jenny. 
Thank you, Jenny. It is weird that we're like prioritizing kind of movies we have seen, but at the same time, like at least you, I feel like I watch a ton of new movies too, but you watch a ton of new movies. So it's not like you're like taking a break from watching new movies. You're just like watching different new movies, you know? I mean, just to put that in perspective, what you just said, I watched this movie 24 hours ago, a little bit less than 24 hours ago. And since then, I've seen six other movies. (laughs) Holy fuck. I watched eight yesterday. I think, like, in the past week, I've probably watched six or seven new movies. Which is which, which is, is a, a lot. Ton for, like, a normal person. I think so, yeah. too. Like, we were at the movies last night. We watched another movie the other night. Yeah, like... Yeah, I just uh, I just have a problem. Well, I, mostly I'm on vacation. I have so many movies that I want to watch. It's a good time and to catch up. I was... You know, I got nothing else going on today. I wasn't bothered by any, like, works I had to do my, in my off time. So I was like, okay... So just what I did is that I watched basically just short movies, all about 90 minutes. Some were a little bit longer. You know, I woke up at 10. This is my way. This is my pro tip. If you want to watch a ton of movies and not feel overwhelmed, I divide the day into like two-hour chunks. So like 10 to 12, 12 to 2, 2 to 4, so on, so on. And just as long as you watch a movie in each of those chunks, you still have downtime. Like I ran errands yesterday. I made myself dinner. I even edited some podcasts. Like you're so most scheduled. of the day, I just watched movies. But <laughs> you're you know. so scheduled. I love it. I know. Well, it has to, I have to be because I know you are. How else? How else would you watch eight movies? a day. How else would you keep all this shit running either, you know? So, like, yeah, dude. Yeah. I get it. I watched uh, Set It Up, which is a Zoe Dutch movie with Glenn Powell, um, which I liked as a rom-com. Then I watched Flower, another Zoe Dutch movie that I thought was just okay. A fan of the podcast, Jess Collins, uh, Montez, really liked that movie, and so I watched it, and it was was alright. Then I watched this movie. I watched Smallfoot. Then I watched Never Going Back, which I told you and Rachel that you have to watch because I loved it. Yes. I loved it. Then I watched You Were Never Really Here, which is the Joaquin Phoenix movie that a lot of people are putting on their top ten lists, and that's really, really great. Is it like a continuation of, of I'm Still Here? Like what's... No, no. This is about where he's like a, a war veteran with like PTSD who oh. has to who like basically fights to get kidnapped girls back, like sex trafficked girls back. It is awesome. bleak and That's... dark as hell. So it's like Walking Phoenix is Taken, basically. <laughs> and I watched uh, the new Taken, essentially the Commuter, the other night, the Liam Neeson movie on a train, Taken on a train, Taken on a train. Yeah, Taken on a train. Is or great. as our uh, guest on the Furious Seven episode of the most recent Fast and Furious lap, Austin Wolf Southern wrote on Letterboxd, the Taken of Pelham 123, which I thought was very, very funny. What is that? Well, there's the there's the movie that they remade of The Taking of Pelham 123, which is like oh. a, a train heist. Oh. And so he called it The Taken of... Oh, that's really funny. Yeah, I just didn't yep. know the name of the other one. That's really funny. Yeah. Good joke. I like it. So I watched that. Then I watched... What were the three that I watched last night? Oh, then I watched the Michael Monroe movie Hot Summer Nights with Timothy Chalamet, which was just okay. Then I watched the Michael Monroe movie with the kid who plays Lip on Shameless after everything, okay. which was depressing but also good, and I think she was great in that because I've you know she was on a Zeph episode, she was on At Any Price. If you yeah. remember that race car driving, yeah, one? that was like one of my favorite Zeph ones. Yeah, yeah, I watched Death Wish, the new Bruce Willis Death Wish, which was a real piece of shit. I kind of want to save like I watched The Commuter at midnight a couple nights ago. I watched that at midnight. I was just like, this is kind of like my schlocky midnight movie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, which is like not necessarily great. Uh, but it's kind of fun, like, you know, I'm not going to watch that mid-morning. Like, that's not the time for that. Like, no. I want to watch it at night. But yeah, and then I woke up this morning and I watched Thor for the newest show, the newest podcast on our network, HTML. Uh, husbands talking more or less because they're going through the MCU movies. So a lot of movies since Smallfoot is what I'm trying to say. But to bring it all the way back to your point, no, I'm not taking a break from new movies. I am just, yeah. you know, we're, we're we're taking a break on movies that we have to take notes on, really, essentially. Yeah. Kind of. Next email, second email, also from Jenny, sent a couple days after she, or sent the next day after she's the last okay. one. She says, pick for Joe, because we asked for stripper picks. She sent funny stripper costume. It is a, a guy in an overweight oh, God. costume. She says, hope you get a laugh from this later, Jenny. So this Halloween is, Express. This makes me really happy. funny stripper costume. Um, I li- I, I'm not a Halloweener by any means, and I know that's kind of blasphemous to a lot of people, but this is fun, and I would wear this. This is, like, a lot of fun, so. We always ask for stripper picks, right? Uh, strippers. So, male strippers. Yeah. And this is a male stripper pick. Yeah. It's a guy with, like, with, like, a, it's just, like, a pillow around his stomach, and then it has, like, a thong and a, and some tassels on it. It's really funny. I like it. Well, cool. Thank you, Jenny. And then the last email we have, I mentioned her a little bit ago, from Montez, subject yes. line, I will never forget you she sent this to i actually might have read this because she sent this to boyfriend material family zach attack and magic mike okay she says i'm listening and not taking notes but i'm still here quietly loving all of the cage club family from afar 
I promise I'll go back and rank your fire-ass titles very, very soon. Love forever, Montez. And then she put a gif in there that I will share on the Boyfriend Material episode because it is of Ryan Gosling doing something that Ryan Gosling does not like to do. You know, he doesn't like to eat his cereal. No. So. But yeah, so Montez... Thanks, you Montez. Know, we love Montez, but putting her on blast, this was two months ago, we have not gotten any more emails from her about <laughs> fire-ass titles. She was telling me the other day, she's like, I can't believe that I work with people. Like, she was telling me the things she has to do in her job. Okay. And it's like, it's like she's babysitting professionals. I, like That's what I do all day. <laughs> when she got this promotion, this kid quit because he didn't want to do his job. And she's like, no, you, like, you have to do your work. And he's like, well, I don't want, I haven't been, I don't want to. So he quit. Wait, wait, so, what? That's awesome. That's, that's like a sort of a, a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek version of the story. Of, no, yeah. but like, no, like that's not, it's not crazy far from the way that she described it. It just seemed like this kid was just like, oh no, I'm not going to do the work. And like, if you want me to do the work, I'm just going to quit. So he, he quit. But there's like people just like, I can't find this. And she's like, well, like, look for it. Like, that's just like, <laughs> it just seems like she has to do everybody's job. And I was just like, you know, you should probably just start firing people. Yeah, amen. Uh, who knows? But thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Jess. If you want to write in, we will be back on April 11th to talk about, in theory, to talk about public enemies. Come back then. Email magicmikes at cageclub.me. Say hello. Send in stripper pics. Whatever we're you still want here. to do. We're still here. Or you were never really here. Ooh. Next up, Tatum Tots. Now, I have we've been following. I still get the Google alerts every day, even though we're not doing this podcast monthly anymore. I still get daily Google alerts for Channing Tatum. The new one, yeah. I'm sure you know about this. He's yes. been dating Jesse J. There was a rumor. By the way, that she she looks so much like Jenna Dewan. She does. <laughs> like, he has a type. He has a very specific type, apparently. We're recording this a little earlier than we normally would because I have to go to Vegas for a week for work. But there was a rumor. We have not had gotten confirmation yet. By the time this comes out, maybe there will be confirmation. Yeah. I think it's a little early. Uh, there was a rumor that Shannon was going to propose to Jesse J over Christmas break. Yeah, so we might not know yet. Like, we're past Christmas, but, like, we don't, you know, maybe they didn't announce it yet. They're still canoodling somewhere. Who knows? Yeah. But that's the big thing. I mean, Shannon, you know, we, like we said earlier, he's not making a lot of movies. It seems like there's just a lot of him and Jesse J doing things. Smallfoot press junket a little bit. Smallfoot now out on Blu-ray and VOD and everything, and it doesn't seem like he's doing a lot professionally, which is maybe, for, I mean, he's, he's, he's had a very tumultuous he's year. He's slinging vodka. He's slinging vodka, born and bred. Uh, shout out the middle of nowhere Pennsylvania. Almost, you know, yeah. what could have been us going out there and making a thousand new fans. But weather did not cooperate, so... Neither did the line, but that's another Neither story. did the line. All right, uh, do you have any other Tatum Tots? Do you have any other news yes, about Channing Tatum? Yes, I, I have a little bit of a sad one. I'm sure you saw it, too. Jenna Dewan and Tatum and Channing Tatum, they, their dog died from cancer. Oh, yes. That's always sad. That sucks. We were in the theater last night, and they had this new movie coming out, and it's called, like, Finding Your Way Home or something like this. Oh, A Dog's Purpose 2? Yeah. Where the dog gets separated and comes back, and the entire movie is in the two-and-a-half-minute trailer? It looks like Homeward Bound to me, which is... Like, the dog the dog gets lost and finds his way home in the trailer. Yes. So, mm -hmm. yes. But it, even still, I looked at Rachel and was like... I can never go see this movie because I would just cry the entire time. Like, Homeward Bound is a movie that, like, I can never watch again. Mm -hmm. Like, it makes me so sad to see, like, animals in distress or sick or something like that. Like, I can't deal with it. It's I'm, it's very sad that his dog died, and I hope that they're okay about Poor it. Poor yeah. yeah, rough year. Yeah. Um, anything else, or do you want to start talking about small food? No, that's, that's it. Those are the two big ones. You know, we don't have to harp on Jenna and chanting too much this is a movie i did not realize this was a musical i guess i could maybe should have because it's a you know it's like it's a animated movie it's a kid's movie but it's kind of a musical i mean there's three three or four musical numbers like that aren't just like are. songs like the songs that progress the plot that channing has a song and zendaya has a song yeah, and right. common has a rap and uh you know there's and i think james corden has a song like it's not as heavily musical as some of zeph's movies but compared to what we've done so far for Channing, he's had a lot of dances, a lot of music movies, but not really musical movies, and this is a bit of a, a bit of a change of pace. On this note, just jumping right in, how disappointed were you when Common does the rap song, Channing yeah. standing there, and we don't even get two bars from Channing? Like a white boy freestyle like he had in... Uh, in 14 was... movies that we've seen? Yeah. What was that movie? Which... I would have forgotten that already. Like, you know, even if we were doing this monthly, I still would not have remembered. Um... It was real early. But he has, like, two or three freestyles in, like, the first two or three movies we watched. My name, Jay Lau. Was it Coach Carter? No. It might have been Coach Carter. He, I think he had one in Coach Carter, and he had one in Malibu's Most Wanted with Justin Gordon-Lovett, too. Havoc. Yeah. 
Yeah, he definitely raps in that. So we had like two. I like, would have loved to have seen. What I liked about that scene with Common is that it felt so different from the rest of the movie because like they're basically like this whole movie takes place on this like mountaintop, right? And we find out yes. in that scene that they have been creating steam to shroud the mountaintop so that the small feet humans, humans can't see them. Um, so they can sort of coexist peacefully without, you know, being unaware of the other one. This whole movie, because it's all snow and ice, and even when they're down in, I guess, somewhere in Japan, maybe? I don't know. The, what, at the end of the movie, there's, like, that town, like, everything's in, you know, Chinese or Japanese, some kind of Is Asian it? character. So I think, I think it's like, all the signs are. No, it said fireworks, like, clear as day. Well, there was a, there was a lot. Maybe they were in Chinatown of somewhere? I don't know. Mm. Considering how much of the movie is like blue and white and snowy and icy even when they're down there when we go down to this like the depths of this mountain where this machinery is working where like the stones yeah. are being they're all being operated it was all like these reds and like these like shiny like bright colors that didn't go with the rest of the movie so i, th- I thought it was kind of fitting that like commons rap felt sort of out of place for the rest of the movie because but it sort of fit that if you know what I mean yeah that's a really good point I didn't even think about it like that I'm coming off watching Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse yesterday so mm. like this was very tonally imbalanced for me because of how bright and neon and like hyper stimulating that is yeah but yeah now that you make the point that like when it switches and they go down and it's like red and not as like white and blue like normal it has a completely different tonally f- like tonal feel and the music resembles that I liked it too but I still wish I agree with you that I wish that Channing rapped a little bit there just uh, a little that bit been great yeah. like he like talks in it he just doesn't get like you know like it doesn't rhyme he doesn't throw some some flair onto it or anything so. Yeah, That's a little disappointing. sad. Channing plays a Yeti named Migo, and Zendaya, we talked about a little bit, plays a, a Yeti named Michi. And a, 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 the tr- one of the, There's not a lot of trivia on IMDb about this movie. I think, number one, because it wasn't... Like, it made a lot of money. Like, it made over $200 million, but it wasn't, I don't think, a massive movie. And also, because it's not on Blu-ray yet, I feel like people haven't begun adding to the IMDb yet. Well, because the but... audience of this is small children, right? Right. And, like, parents of small children. So this is going to so be a movie... like, small feet. Haha. <laughs> but this is going to be a movie that a lot of parents will wait to, like, get on Blu-ray or video on demand right. for their kids to yep. watch. But Migo and Michi, one of, the, one of the trivia things that Migo and Michi, the Channing and Zendaya characters, are both two different Tibetan words for Yeti. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. And Yeti is more a Nepalese term for that creature, so... Uh, I thought that was kind of cool that That's a really they're, cool fact, they're yeah. bringing here. Like, this is a movie for, like, young kids. Like, there are some stuff in here. Like, there's a joke that James Corden makes about, like, variable interest rate loans. Yes. And I was like, why is that in this movie? Like, it just, that was weird. But this is the kind of movie that, like, there's a little bit in here maybe for adults, but this is very firmly not a movie that's going to be, like, that adults are going to enjoy watching on their own. Yeah, the message is so in your face. There's no, like, Finding Nemo. There's no complexity deepness right. to it. It's not like a you know a deeper like you can pull something else out of the movie and there's still like a higher level moral it's like no there's only that high level moral which is like be friends and be nice to everyone yep type thing and if you had asked me to describe and i'm sure this is true for you too like if you had said like what do you think smallfoot is about and not in terms of our guessing go ahead. in terms of like trying to guess like crazy shit but like go ahead it's exactly what i thought it would have been you know what i mean because like, based oh. on the trailer based on like what we knew it just felt that channing finds a smallfoot they are afraid of each other at first. They become friends. They both try to, like, incorporate or integrate the world's racism or whatever takes hold. There's a battle. And then in the end, there's a happy ending where everybody sort of is able to coexist. It's like, it just feels nothing is unexpected. And that's not to say it's not good, but it's not... Like, there's nothing here that I was, like, surprised by. I thought I mean? that it was actually going to be the other way. I thought that it was going to be that Channing Tatum plays a Yeti that has, like, small feet, and he's kind of, like, bullied, bec- like, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, or Finding Nemo's mm. Small Fin. I thought that that's what Smallfoot was going to be. Or, like, there was a Yeti that was bullied because he's different. Not that gotcha. they were going to find a Smallfoot was the name as, like, opposed to Bigfoot, you gotcha. know? Yep. Um, the only other trivia that I have before we just go back into the thing, I just want to clear this all out of the way, is that the guy who edited the film, Peter Edinger, created the language and performed the high-pitched squeaking vocals for the Smallfoot, what they called Smallfoot gibberish. So, in this world, which it makes sense, uh, the Yetis and the humans can't really communicate. Like, they can't talk. So, if they use, like, hand gestures, there's, like, very primitive communication that they get into toward the end of this movie. But when Yetis speak, it sounds like these, like, roars and growls. Which would make sense. Yeah. Yep. 
And when humans speak, it sounds like sort of like like traditional movie mice speak. They're just sort of like squeaky and timid, and but they can't understand either. And so apparently the guy created that. The guy who edited the movie also did the voice for the humans, at least. Oh, that's cool. Uh, which I thought was kind of cool. I also liked in the movie, I guess it made sense. I was sort of thrown off at first... But it made sense later that the Yetis could speak with bears? Yeah, because they both like kind of growl. Right. Because I was like, oh, they're different species, but I guess because they're both animals. But I, we, I sort of wish that there were more animals that they interacted with to see if that was like more, but maybe just different growls. I don't know. But the other trivia that I have about the bears is that in this version, the American version, Mama Bear is played by Patricia Heaton, who is best known for being yeah, uh, the Ray mom on wife on Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. Yep. But in the UK, and I don't know why we didn't have her here, uh, Mama Bear is voiced by former Spice Girl Emma Bunton, Baby Spice. So, oh, interesting. Um, that's really yeah, weird. So I don't know. I don't know why we didn't have her. Why that was sort of regionalized or localized? But yeah, that's really strange. That's really, really weird. Okay. I don't know. I feel like there's probably more Spice Girls completists in America than Everybody Loves Raymond completists. You know what I mean? Where it could be like, oh, I'll go see that movie. Like even if it's just ten people, like more people would be like, I'm gonna go see the movie because Baby Spice is in it for a couple lines. You know what I mean? Then like, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, so this is a movie where Danny DeVito plays Channing Tatum's dad, which, you know, we, cool. we've had Channing as stepchild in a handful of movies, right? But yeah. we haven't really had his actual dad in a lot of movies. I just oh, sort of like right. this world where Danny DeVito gives birth to Channing Tatum. Or not gives birth to, but like sires Channing Tatum. And also, this is another movie where he's like missing a parent. Like he never has a complete set of parents, really. Yeah. Poor guy. I wonder, like, we don't really know, we don't know where the mom went, do we? I really thought that when they found the, like, Smallfoot Society, she was going to be, like, outcasted and, like, hidden down there. Not mm. that it was the, the the Stonekeeper's daughter. I thought that it was going to be his mom, and he was going to be like, oh, shit, this is where mom has been the whole time. Like, she she knows it, too. And they get reunited, but... That would have made more sense, but right? instead it's just a bunch of, like, essentially millennials who, like, challenged the old ways, but were right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was it was strange to me. Like, when he first got down there and, like, you know, you see her back, I was like, oh my god, it's his mom. Like, that's what this is. And it's like, no, it's just, you know, some it's other just kid. just people we don't know, but we have yeah. no relation to. It's sort of biblical in a way in that this society is governed by these stone tablets that have the rules of yes, society. it is, yeah. That say small feet do not exist and Zendaya's even like don't you think it's weird that they have to say that something doesn't exist like why would they why would they say that unless it did exist yep the stones are this whole like you know I guess it's 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 common in a lot of you know traditional like these this these kind of movies where there's a society that is being preserved for self-preservation or whatever where for years and years and years they are protected by these rules because one time in the past they had a violent interaction with mankind They're like we need to protect ourselves and so there's no small feet uh, we don't go down there you know we have to do these ice blocks blah 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 because this is how we protect ourselves and make sure that our species you know lives on there's always these really cool theories about stuff like this like i was pretty interested in this like behavioral biology type stuff but like tied into um kind of like sociology there's all these studies like you know the belief of belief in god and like where it like comes from like how you know many cultures have this and how like ceremonial things could have been related to like things for survival you know what i mean like oh like you know if we baptize someone that means that you're like actually taking a bath and you die less from bacteria you know what i mean like right these kind of things so yeah i always like think back to that how like we have some rules or practices that we do today and like where did they come from like they have this like lofty image in our heads now as in you know they're we can't do like we must feed the the mammoths underneath us but really they're just making a cloud to to keep themselves protected it's pretty cool right i think it's the same kind of thing where like uh, traditionally, like in, in the, the Jewish culture, does not eat pork, but that was because years and exactly. years, like hundreds of thousands of years ago, it was just difficult to clean pork. It was just like all like you know, it was like there would be a higher chance of survival if you just didn't eat like food that like yes. spoiled or whatever. So yep. yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. This is exactly what I was getting at. Yep. Cool. Let's see here. What else? I feel like the internet loves to hate James Corden. Like I feel like. He's this guy, I, he's like a punchline. Yeah, okay. I don't hate him, because I try not to hate anybody. I just, I don't watch his show. I love that he's able to, like, be, he basically, he's doing exactly what's, what he wants to do, and I love that he's able to basically shake up and sort of bring the British style of talk show to America. And he's doing his own thing, and I think that's super cool. He's in a lot of movies, though. He is. And I don't love him in this. I kind of wish there was more... 
I feel like there's a different way to incorporate his character. His character is a documentarian he's who seems Steve sort of down Irwin. and out on his luck. Yeah. He's, he's a Steve Irwin kind of yeah. guy, mm-hmm. but like down on his luck, yeah. He owes the bank money for his home and all this different stuff, and this is like his big break. And I just sort of feel like there was, there was an opportunity to like frame the movie through the documentarian lens. Like, there's a movie that Mike and I watched, Resident Story and Mike Manzi, shout out Mikester, go listen to the new lap of Too Fast, Too Forever, where he's on all eight movies this lap. Yep. Uh, we watched a movie when we did the Shia LaBeouf podcast, all his movies, called Surf's Up. It came out the same time as Happy Feet, where it was like the musical about singing and dancing penguins. Yeah. But Surf's Up was like a, a, a mockumentary about a surfing competition for penguins. And it was incredible. Really? Like, it was this movie that we had no expectations for, and we loved it. That's awesome. I love when we find movies like that. It's so good. And I feel like there's this opportunity here for the documentary filmmaking crew to sort of blend into the story more. Yeah, so we could have done like a planet Earth kind of thing. Yeah. Like a cartoony planet Earth, and then like it's Yeti based. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it feels like it's two parallel stories for most of the movie. That convey. And then they intersect yeah. briefly, and then like that begins the end of the movie. You know what I mean? It's just, yeah. it feels like there's not enough of a blend between the two. And I just wish there was more. Well, they are worlds apart, so I kind of get it. Like, it's a, it's more of a metaphor than anything that they're, like, so different and stuff. Oh, there was a moment in this movie, going back to Zeph for a second, that mm-hmm. reminded me of our Running Wild with Bear Grylls episode, uh, when Shannon is walking across that, like, rickety bridge, and the bridge collapses, he's got the, he's got the ropes, and he's, like, hanging with the ropes, he's hanging on that bridge, and then, like, he's tr- sort of trying to get his way across, and he falls, and then the, the rock falls on him. But I was just thinking about <laughs> Zeph crossing that bridge and Bear Girls being like, am I going to kill Zac Efron? So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I guess I just had Zeph on the brain. That definitely was another thing that reminded me of another Zac Attack mo- uh, movie or episode or whatever. Yeah, that, it definitely did. I forgot about the part like relating it to Bear Grylls, but yeah, anytime I see somebody crossing a rope, I'm like, oh God, <laughs> Zeph. I kind of also wish that there was more interaction in a way between Danny DeVito and Common. Like, it feels like they're two different father figures for Channing. Like, Danny DeVito being his literal father, and then Common playing the stonekeeper, who's sort of the elder tribesman or whatever yeah. of the, the, like, the entire the town. Yeah. Yeah. It just it just doesn't feel like there's enough. Like, it feels like everybody... Like, I think that's my problem It feels disconnected. It, yeah, it's not bad. It just feels like there's no thought paid to getting the stories to overlap. Like, the stonekeeper overlaps with everyone because he's the one sort of keeping all the, like, literally keeping the gears in motion. Yeah. But I just wish that there was more interplay between Channing. Like, maybe, you know, Channing has to go back and forth between, like, the old ways and the new ways or whatever, but it feels like both Danny DeVito and Common are both, they both, you know, advocate the old way. And even when Common exiles Channing Tatum for you know, lying or in, instilling fear in the people or whatever, and Danny DeVito has to ring that gong in the morning to wake up the town before the sunrise, he does it on his own, but, like, he has this quick realization where he's just like, oh, I didn't do it the same way, and it still happened, but, like, I don't feel like that's examined enough. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like that's, like, the kind of thing where it's, like, somebody older has, like, a, sort of gets woke in a way, right? Where he's yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. oh, I don't have to do this, and, like, the sun's still going to come up, or, like, you know, people here, they're like, oh, there are two gongs, because he throws his helmet and the helmet breaks or whatever, yeah. and it rings the gong twice. I feel like there's the opportunity there for more development, but it, it doesn't, like, it feels like it's so much about Channing Tatum's character, and then it becomes so much more about Percy, about the James Corden character, and it just feels like there's opportunities to, like, make it better, and they just didn't hit those marks. Yeah, I think I think it just lends itself to it being, trying to be, like, so much of a G-movie it's so directed for very small children that, like, we don't get these complexities that we would want in a movie. Like, as a parent, this is just as, like, much of kid brain mush as you can get, right? Like, it's just, like, right. so passive, and there's, like, nothing bad that is happening in this, or, like, nothing difficult to understand to a child, It's like, or to explain to a child, that I think that that's where you're losing, like, what we want. And we're also, like, we're pretty jaded now. Yeah. Like, a lot of the, like, kids' movies that came out when we were kids were more so like this than, you you know, hit Pixar that have, like, yeah. Yeah. these deep, deep undertones and the movie's darker and weirder and you're like, oh, well, this makes sense now. There's a valuable lesson to teach kids. Like, you can change your thinking. Like, if, if there's new things that, like, if you get new evidence, 
you know, sort of scientifically. If you get new yeah. evidence that changes the way you believe, it's okay to change your mind. And I feel like that wasn't, but I feel like they could have hammered that home. But I don't know. I agree though. Like Pixar changed the game. Even movies like Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, you just saw, which we you know, dude, Shadow yeah. Cage Club, like that's a kids movie essentially. But it's also a movie where like it's so next level in terms of like the thoughts it's having and like you know Marvel also changing. I know Marvel's for a little bit older kids and stuff like that, but like there's so many better movies and types of like just content out there for yes. kids to like learn in new ways. Yeah. But I also do think I know I just don't watch it, and I'm sure you know too. There is an entire universe of these kind of movies and stuff that, like, we're just not in touch with. We're just not privy to at all. We don't have the kids, yeah. Like, these are the sort of the, the rare kind of, not rare, but, like, uncommon crossovers that bleed from the, you know, just the kids' universe to mainstream audiences or whatever. But, like, you know, I've, I've spent time with, with friends who have kids and just the nonsense that they have to watch, like, the literal brain mush yeah. just to, like, get through the day. It's It's... It's, it's tough. <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, it's something that I, I'm definitely not in tune. Every year, like, when the Oscar noms come out, Rachel and I look at the yeah. animated ones, and I'm like, oh, let's watch some of these, and she's just like, no. Like, we have we don't know any of them in the list. You know what I mean? Like, we see them, right. we're like, okay, like, How to Train Your Dragon, maybe. But for the most part, like, we've never heard of or seen any of these movies, so. But there's a couple different, like, there's Pixar ones, there's the DreamWorks, and then there's the Illumin, Illumination, which is, like, the, the Minions and you know, yes. Despicable Me, and those are terrible. And I like then, Despicable Me. Those are mm, fun. That was probably the best of that bunch, but yes. like stuff like the Secret World, Secret Life of Pets or Secret World of Pets or whatever, like those are just like, it's, Boss those are baby. difficult. Yeah. Then there's even stuff like the Wallace and Gromit thing, and then there's like, oh, just there's so many different sort of tracks, and they all have their own, you kind of know where you fall, like which of these kind of things, and this is this is the one where Smallfoot falls. It's kind of the most hit or miss. Like there's there's movies in here, these kind of crossover movies that could transcend the kid genre, but and don't, be really but, good. Yeah, yeah. The only other real sort of note, the only other main thing I want to talk about, which reminds me of a Pixar movie, uh, The Good Dinosaur, in a way, is that at the end of this movie, Channing gets tranked. Like we think that Percy is going to the James Corden character, the documentarian is going to trank him to capture him. Like, I thought he's going to capture him so that people could know that he's, like, he's gentle. Yes. And that he was going to be like, let me show you kind of King Kongy, but not really. But then instead, he tranks him. We don't see it, but he lets him escape. And then Percy gets in his Bigfoot costume. And then, you know, he gets, quote unquote, tranked, takes the helmet off, and then, you know, gets arrested for disturbing the peace and whatever. But uh, Channing wanders back off to his Yeti friends, and he is just essentially drunk. Like, he's just slurring, and he's stumbling. Yeah, because he's And I just thought it was kind of, you know, it's goofy to kids, but it's the same way, like, in The Good Dinosaur. I don't know if you saw that, but there's a scene where uh, the dinosaur and the cave boy trip on LSD, essentially. Okay. And, like, they go go through this, like, magical wonderland of, like, bright colors and everything, and, like, for kids, it's just like, oh, this is bright and fun and cheerful, but then for people who know like what's going on it's like oh that's that's a little like that's the kind of thing that i feel there's a joke there's more not necessarily this is super funny but like there's more there for adults than for kids just like oh look that yeti is talking funny and and stumbling around weird like daddy does or you know what i mean like yeah i really wish that they did have more of these spongebob kind of moments that are like like winks at the audience you know what i mean like i know you're here with your kids but like He's drunk, you know? <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about Smallfoot? I mean, we... we I really sort, we don't. Sort of I didn't take a lot of briefly. notes. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard for us, especially when a lot of what we get with Channing in acting is his physical... Like, he's he's a buff dude, right? And yeah. it's always like, how is this, you know, heartthrob? How can he be funny? Or how can this heartthrob be serious? You lose some of those when he, he's just a voice. I do think that he did really well with the voices, though. Like, I don't think that his voice acting was bad in this. He was funny. Like, he delivered his stuff well. There wasn't, like, parts where I was like, oh, that's cringy, or, like, he didn't do that right, or something like that, which is, you know, usually the the thing that I look out for. Yeah. Um, like, all of the things that we normally would discuss, like, we had this, I think we had this problem when we talked about the Lorax, too. It's like, can he be shirtless, right? Like, he's a Yeti, so... Oh. He's he's always shirtless. He's always shirtless, but it's not like he's shirtless. It's the Yeti shirtless. So right, yeah. and like everybody's shirtless. So. Well, yeah, I guess. So, so does he dance? Maybe during his musical number, he sort of like skips around a little bit. Yeah. He doesn't like really have like a dancing scene, scene. No, he does have a singing scene that we've never seen before, though. True. He doesn't strip because he has any clothes on. And does he fight? Not. I mean, there's sort of 
action brawly scenes at the end. But again, but it's sort really of, it feels like a, of a different, not even the different bear. category. Yeah, I guess he kind of fights the James Gordon a little bit, but he doesn't really know he's fighting James Gordon. So. I mean, they fight the helicopter at the end, but Common is the one who like throws the stones at the helicopter. Like you know, it's 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 not as scrappy. Like we come from a movie fighting where he literally fights the entire time. And this yeah, is it's a like different club. Yeah, this is not anything like that. So, so for the things that I look for in the in the Channing movies, you know, it doesn't really partner well with watching animation. I don't know. Did did you like this movie? I I liked it. It was all right. I it was, it fine. was flat. Like yeah. Like if I ha- if I had small nieces or nephews, and they came over and it was snowy, I would put this yeah. movie on. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. this is like harmless. Like nobody's gonna be mad that they're watching this. You know, like it can't possibly fuck them up. And I feel like this is also a, a great indoctrination to the world of Channing Tatum. Be like, oh boy, do we have a podcast for you after you, you know, watch this movie. So, <laughs> yeah. If you want to get real weird with it. Anyway, let's watch a trailer. Let us watch the trailer. If you search on YouTube, Smallfoot Trailer, Smallfoot Official Final Trailer HD from Warner Brothers Pictures, 6.2 million views. I'm going to open it up, let it buffer a little bit. So I hadn't seen it, so that's why you already knew what, like, Smallfoot yeah. kind of was. Oh, the one thing I do want to say is that the good thing about this is that it's only, like, 95 minutes or something. Like oh, yeah, it's short, short like, too. It is, This could have right. been the movie that's another 15 or 20 minutes for no reason, but... It's short, so that's good. Yeah, no, I was really thankful for that. You know, we've had a lot of this time... Like, we've we've seen a lot of movies, especially for, like, you know, any of our podcasts, that the movie just feels like it has, like, an extra 30 minutes for no reason. Yep. You're like, you didn't need to make this two hours. You could cut it down. And this yeah. is, like, concise enough that it, it works really well. There's not, like, mm-hmm. a bunch of random tangents. Okay, I'm ready and for I think that's kind of the benefit of the sort of the paint-by-numbers, right? Where it's just, like, you go from A to B to C, and then you're done. Like, you're not, you yep. know... It's not like a, a wildly new story. Like, who knows how long it's going to be because it, you know you're you're following the the set trajectory, the set pattern, or whatever. Okay. Yes. So we're gonna p- hit play in three, two, one, play. Okay. Welcome. Oh, we don't even have like an intro, like a title card or anything. We're just yeah. into the to the trailer. And we're in the secret society. Yep. Smallfoot exists, suckers. S E S. Oh yeah. And that day has finally arrived. It is funny that that he. The, the, it's flipped, and you know they see humans and freak out. Like, I I did like that. You know what I mean? As opposed to humans finding a yeti, yeah, freaking out. Like he comes back and he's like, I saw one. They're like, No, you didn't. You're full of shit. Yeah, because what was smart about it, I think, was that they had they. It wasn't like they didn't know that humans existed, right? Like they knew that humans didn't exist. Like they yes. they knew about the concept of small feet. Exactly. Which was smart. Did we ever find out why his horn was broken? No, I don't think so. I think that's just the the Pixar thing of like, you know, Nemo's got a little fin because he's sort of the outsider, outcast, kind of like you don't have to be physically perfect to be the hero of a story. Yeah. But, you know. Maybe, so the big purple maybe... one was LeBron, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which I feel like he didn't have a lot to do. Like it didn't. It, no, like, they didn't to really cast LeBron. They should have at least know. made him play like his character, play basketball. Yeah. Here's the Zeph rope scene. Yeah. Oh, Niall. I think he's from One Direction, maybe? Niall Horan. Oh. Finally free. Nobody yeah, karaoke bar, like, things are in English there. I, I think... I would guess this was, like, in Europe on the Alps somewhere. Like, where are Yetis or Nepal, Tibet? Like, I guess that's not... That's what I was Europe. thinking, that's too. Asia. Yeah. You home. I was thinking Nepal or Tibet, something like that. I think they should have had the, the LeBron character play basketball. Yeah, or like with the rocks. They, have, or they, they, they turn those like big blocks of ice into the ice balls. Like, how are you not like shooting? You know what I mean? Like, exactly. Oh, there's also that karaoke scene when they take the under pressure beat, and he just sings his own song over it, and then the under pressure returns in the. It was credits. so James like, Corden. Yeah. It's like, that's weird, but you know. So warm. Wait a minute. What's? How's that? Nice and toasty. <laughs> That wasn't in the movie, right? You hungry? I don't think I so. Your food. No, he says he thought he was going to cook him in the movie, but he was just like trying to roast him over the fire there. Yeah. I did like the James Corden like when he made up the song and as you're talking about before, I'm not a big James Corden fan. Not because yeah. like I don't like him, just like he's not the person for me, but I watch a lot of the like of him doing the the car with rappers thing cuz I think that's really funny cuz he knows yeah. like all the lyrics like Cardi B songs like Migos and stuff like that. Although I might not enjoy it all the time, I think what he's doing for culture in being like a funny chubby Englishman that has a talk show 
and then also doing rap songs in the car with like Cardi B and Offset and Migos is like a good thing to like show his target demographic these things. Yeah. Because I don't think his, his his target demographic isn't like millennial. Like nobody's like at home watching James Corden. You know what I mean? No, I mean there. He, like he's got a show on TV, but his show on TV essentially it's it's sort of in a way how like Jimmy Fallon is targeting millennials not really through his show, but by doing lip sync battle, becoming its own thing, and then becoming YouTube videos. Right? Yes. Like it's the same thing. Like Carpool Karaoke debuted on James Corden's show, but then became Carpool Karaoke on YouTube, and now it's Carpool Karaoke like its own show or whatever. So. Okay. And that's an, and you brought up a great point. I just like Jimmy Fallon better than James Corden, and when there's two guys doing very similar things, I always, like, pick one, and I'm like, well, I like this one better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I never, yeah. like, like, I watch a ton of Kitchen Nightmares, because I like Gordon Ramsay. I've yeah. seen Restaurant Impossible, and I'm like, eh, I don't like this as much. It's just the same guy. It's but a I personality, like, yeah. It's a personality, and I like one better, so that's why I don't like James Corden as much. I mean, it's essentially the same, in a similar regard, it's not the same thing. It's like, why, if this was a movie with anybody who we didn't do a podcast about, we wouldn't be watching it, but because Channing's in it, it would be like, oh, that was fine. You know what I mean? But if it was just, like, Chris Pine, be like, oh, okay, you know, like, that's, like, if the movie's not any better or worse, it's just not a movie that we would watch. Exactly. Yeah, that's how I feel. So that's my thoughts on James Corden, too. That's more positive than I thought you were going to be, so that's, that's good. What? About this movie? No, about James Corden. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I do like him. Like, I like what he's. I like the, the concept of him. But for me, like, I couldn't sit there and watch like an hour of James Corden. I would probably blow my brains out. So, yeah. Google game. I'm going to Google Channing Tatum Smallfoot. There are three that I think you should guess or be able to guess. Two are very similar. Also in their interview premiere and trailer, um, which we're not going to guess because those are kind of generic. But Channing Tatum Smallfoot. What is the autocomplete fillout? Voice. Channing Tatum Smallfoot. No. Song. Song is one of them. That's number four. And there's one very similar to song. Like, very, very similar to song. Um, not voice? It's singing. No, singing. There we go. Number number one, singing. And then there's also a question, does Channing Tatum sing Smallfoot? But there's one other one. This is a very... It's not a very exciting one. It's sort of a boring one. But there's one other one that I think is, is sort of worth guessing. Picture. No. Poster. No, but you're... You're Toy? not. No, but again, you're sort of on a path that, like, I don't know how to give this hint, but like, you're on the right path, but it's not the right path. If that makes sense. Um. No. And that's a terrible clue. Yeah. That's like me saying a car is red. Exactly. Yeah. That's. It's. it's so it has something to do with like the foundation of the movie. Kind of. Okay. Sales. No. Think more specific to him. Specific to him. Face. I don't know. Just it's character, like oh. it's sort of like you know how like you're saying like poster and toy, like it's all him, but it's yeah. like who does like the, what he plays, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah, not it's not sense. a great one, but it's yeah, I get it. Cool. Okay, so the the letterbox game, and I'm glad. So letterbox has been struggling this week because there are Why? so many movie nerds with so much free time on their hands. Everybody's logging so many movies. I saw you and Mike talking about this. What's going on? It is just it's it it just times out. Like letterbox oh. is the only social media that I pay for. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to pay for it, but I pay for it to support it because I love it. Yeah. Uh, I want it to keep going. And it's the one that has the most downtime by far out of anything That's that crazy. I use. But there's just like, you know, there's the gremlins from the movie Gremlins eating popcorn watching a movie. And that's just, it always comes up. So like people on Twitter. Oh, on so this is Twitter, what somebody was talking about, the gremlins. Yes. Okay. Like if I see these goddamn gremlins one more time, you know, I'm going to be I'm gonna be sick and tired of that. Okay. I got everything to load. So the letterbox game, we have a few different guessing games. So Smallfoot came out in September of this year, so not too long ago. Yeah. How many people on Letterboxd? Mad Max Hero has been seen by 297,000 people. Okay. 297. Gone up a lot since the last time we did this. Yeah. How many people have seen Smallfoot, directed by Carrie Kirkpatrick, starring Shannon Tatum, James Corden, Zendaya, and Common? See, so the math I'm doing is I'm making a bet with myself on how many people use Letterboxd are parents. And I think it's high, but not that high. And I don't know if there's a subgroup on Letterboxd, because I don't use it, of people that are just parents that rate kids' movies. Because if there is, this would change my number. I'm going to guess 17,576. Lower. Okay. 8,733. Lower. Really? Okay, so there's not a lot of parents on Letterboxd. 6,000... 952. It's the closest one yet. It's 4834. 4834. It's low. Not a lot of people. I think a lot of people are just Zendaya fans, probably, because 
Twitter, like Letterboxd loves Zendaya. Probably, yeah. You know, a lot of people just see every movie, and a lot of people, like, you know, there are some parents there. But out of those 48, 34, how many have it in their top four favorite movies of all time? Two. You are right. Two people. Yeah. The problem is that these are both, I, I open up both people, they're very, very difficult uh, to guess. One person has two movies in their top four that I've never heard of. The fourth one is a movie called Blue My Mind, B-L-U-E, My Mind, which is a, a, a story where a girl turns into a mermaid, which I saw at Fantastic Fest, which, you know, normal people, not that I'm saying I'm not normal, but normal people have not seen. Like, that's no, a very, I haven't you know, seen that, indie yeah. niche thing. The other one you might be able to guess, but Bailey B13, at Bailey B13 on Letterboxd, she okay. says, my favorites are current obsessions, so don't judge me too hard. So number okay. four is Smallfoot. Top three movies, one's a Christmas movie, one's a movie that I feel like you guess a lot, but maybe not, and then one is a movie that I bet you've heard of that I think you would really like, but I don't know if you've seen or not. Okay. So first, a Christmas movie, a kid's Christmas movie. Are they all like? Are they all modern, like super modern? They're all from the last 25 years. Two from the last five or ten years, and then one from about twenty-five years ago. Um, the, the kids' movies from about twenty-five years ago. Okay, okay. Um, I have no idea. It's tough. Yeah. Um, a Christmas Story. No, it's a little bit older, but older. Uh, a wonder. It's a Wonderful Life. No, 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 no. It's newer than that. Like Christmas Story is a little bit too old for what we're looking for. Oh, okay, okay. Um, the Santa Claus. There you go. Number two, the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Okay, that was yeah. Aru. <laughs> Numbers one and three are both from the last five or ten years. Number one is a movie that stars Brie Larson, but it's not Room. I don't know what else she was in, now that you said Room. Actually, no, here, Brie Larson's in both one and three. Weirdly. Okay. She's a very small character in three, but she's the star of number one. I have no idea. Number one is Short Term 12. Do you know that movie? Nope. I think you would love that. I, like Short Term 12 is great. Okay, cool. Um, and I like then Brie number three I'm a fan. is Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh. Which I feel like you guess a, sort of a lot, right? Yeah, yeah. Brie Larson plays uh, one of the exes, I think. Or, no, she she's a lead singer in a band with, uh, I think, the former Superman as an ex or whatever. But she's great in that movie. Yeah, that's really cool. Okay. That, well, I didn't do too bad. I got one. You got one. And you got one yeah. pretty quickly, too. Chris's movie, 25 yeah. years ago. Okay. Two guesses. Three guesses. Last game we have here. Fire-ass titles for Smallfoot. Okay. I feel like in, in the if this was made by Illumination, it would just be called the Yetis. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Stones. Okay. If you want to... This, I feel like this feels more new wave... Not new wave horror, but sort of indie horror, but like monsters are out there. Because it could be coming from either perspective. You know what I mean? Ooh. Yeah. Beyond the Cloud. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I think all these movies... Not to judge a book by its cover, but all the all the titles that we're doing, maybe except for Yetis, are all movies that I'd rather see. <laughs> Let's see here. Smallfoot exists, suckers. S-E-S. Yeah. Well, so the, the tagline for the movie, which I think is not a good title by any stretch of the imagination, but might work for this, is there's been a myth understanding. Oh, I was going to say, I was going to say, like, talking to monsters. Mythbusters. Like, what, Mythbusters? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Talking to monsters isn't bad. No, I was trying to think of, like, like communication ones, you know what I mean? Like, right. the voices between us or something. Mm. Yeah, like, like, the, like the Idris Elba, uh, what's her name? Kate Winslet movie, The Mountain Between Us. Yeah, the yeah, see? And us. it's a little play mm-hmm. on that, too. Exactly, because there's a mountain between them. Up there. The top? Mm, no. I don't know. This is tough. Yeah, this one. This one's pretty... I mean, because, you know, these kids' movies, it's like... Yeah. What do you call it? Like, Smallfoot's not necessarily a great... I, I actually kind of do... I mean, it's not a great title, but I do like the title that it's a play on Bigfoot and everything like that. I think that works. How about how about this? Village Afoot. Oh, well, there's trouble afoot or something, yeah. And there's like a there's mystery to it, village afoot. Yeah. Cool. I think that's enough because I just, cool. you know, I, I can't. I'm, I'm stumbling here. Fire excitement. So, Montez, if you're listening, you know what to do. MagicMikes at CageClub.me. Um, we will be back here in three months for Public Enemies, which you said we were going to do. Mm-hmm. So here's here's what we have lined, out, lined up as of now for the rest of the year. We have Public Enemies in April. We've got G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra in July. And then we've got Dear John with Brian Rodriguez of the High School Summer Party Podcast in October. And I think Dear John is the movie he does with Rachel McAdams, which I'm very, very excited for. And then coming in January of next year, January 2020, The Dilemma, which I don't know anything about, but I feel like is a love 
movie. Probably. Rom-com, rom-drom, something. something Probably. Something. And then we've got the one other movie. What did we say that he's doing this year? The one movie he's doing? Another animated movie. Oh, Lego, Lego Movie 2, which I yes. feel like we could do. Maybe we should do, but I also kind of think maybe we wait until we get the Lego movie and then do the two of them together, possibly. I agree. I agree. Yeah, that's because he's not in the first it. one a lot, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so it seems like unless something wild and crazy happens... It looks like that's sort of going to be our Channing schedule for this year. So we got Public Enemies, we've got G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, Dear John, and then next January with The Dilemma. And we, we just posted on New Year's Eve on cageclub.me our picks for our favorite episodes for each of our shows from 2018. And for this one, we, we had a picked... few good ones in this. We had a few good ones in, in, in We Magic did. I, I like, because that's, you know, I, I'd rather focus on Too Fast, Too Forever, but I didn't want to give this up because I, I do have fun watching these movies that I otherwise would not be watching. Same. There's no reason I would ever watch a lot of these. What was the one that we picked? Well, it was Ragazzi, right? No, we picked the one that we were, it was, I think it was fighting when we were talking about Ragazzi. The one where we guessed Ragazzi. Oh, Supercross, where we guessed Ragazzi. Yes, that's what it yes. was. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you have not listened to all the episodes of Magic Mike's, you know, this was a monthly podcast, so there are, this is now episode 12, so you have basically a full year's worth of episodes to check out. Uh, We'll be back in three months for Public Enemies, but anything else to say about Channing or about Smallfoot before we wrap up? No, nothing, nothing much. I would show this movie to kids. If I was an adult, like, trying to watch this by myself, it's cute. Maybe put it on on a Saturday morning like we watched it, like I watched it at least. It was something amusing for, like, a Saturday morning, you know? Nothing too wild. You don't have to pay too much attention. It's a kid's movie. They're going to hit you over the head with it, and it was pretty cool. But go check out Too Fast, Too Forever. Joe and I are releasing new episodes every other Tuesday. So January 11th, I believe, is a Friday. No, wait. It's a Thursday. No, wait. It's a Friday. Next Tuesday, we will have our first episode of Lap 3 with resident historian Mike Mans, who actually just texted me while we were recording, said Never Going Back, which is my favorite movie from yesterday, one of my favorite movies of the year. Yeah. He said it's amazing. So, cool. you know, that's a recommendation from me, a, resident, a recommendation from Mike Manzi. Go check out Never Going Back. It's on Amazon Prime. If you oh, subscribe cool. to Amazon Prime, so go check that out there. Hard. But yeah, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, and at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, magicmikes at cageclub.me. We've got a Patreon account. Uh, not for this show, but for Too Fast, Too Forever. If you want to support Joe and I in the the work that we do, you can go to patreon.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever. You get some merch for that show if you want that. I don't know if there's crossover aside from Jenny and Jess. Are you still listening? Email magicmikesatcageclub.me. <laughs> did you just find us? Email magicmikesatcageclub.me. We talked about how for a while, like we did Zack Attack for like a year and a half before people started finding us. And then like, yeah. like it seemed like six or seven people like found us in the span of like two or three months. So maybe that'll happen here. And like we've said before, if we get a surge of new fans, you know, we'll do these more often. But so far, shout out Jenny and Jess. Thank you both for writing in so much. But you're listening to us over on Too Fast, Too Forever. We are not leaving your ears but go to cageclub.me and just poke around. We've got like 35 episodes of Zack Attack, 20-something episodes of Too Fast, Too Forever. we got a lot of stuff going on, so just go to cageclub.me, poke around. And also now, uh, me and Mike have our Tom Tom Club started. So Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks, both starting today as this comes out. The first episode of Tom Hanks, Hanks for the Memories. Uh, he knows Hanks you're alone. Hanks for the Memories, Ethan. No, yeah. I know. Yeah. You didn't want to no, use my song. And it's no. so much better than anything you can ever My sister is upset that we didn't use her podcast name, which is T. Hanks for Listening. Uh, you're upset that we didn't use your theme song. People were upset, you know, years ago when we chose Keanu over Tom Hanks. We can't make anybody happy ever, ever. But, Thanks for know. the memories by Pitt. Come on. <sighs> so okay. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we'll see you in three months for Public Enemies right here on Magic Mics. Look at everybody there below. All the games that I love and know. And they're waking up to see the awesome morning. They've all got a smile on their face. Another reason I love 